All right, guys, what is going on? John and myself, we are back. The Sports Spectator Podcast, Episode 2. It is Monday, October 2nd. In South Florida, we are in a world of hurt. Um, <laughs> it was incredibly, incredibly tough week, uh, calendar week. Uh, we had a really, really good high last week um, after beating Denver. Again, historic match. But again, week three, that's done. That's in the books. Uh, week four, we got Womped. Um, and, you know, part of our agenda, we're going to be talking about all of the things. Again, whether positives or negatives happens, we're here to give you the best takes on it. Um, agenda for today, obviously, we're going to be telling you guys about uh, the Dolphins versus Bills games, everything. We're going to break it down for you guys. Uh, Miami Heat, the season is just around the corner. A couple things happened this past week as well. And then we will, of course, talk into Miami. We'll talk about Marlins clinching the, pay- the playoffs and... You know, uh, we're kind of thinking about attending a game potentially and um, maybe talking about the uh, the prices um, a little bit. So let's get into it. We're going to start us off with the Bills and the Dolphins. And I'm in a world of hurt. I can tell you that much, John. Uh, week four, it was, it was crushing. It was demoralizing. Um, I mean, I will be completely honest. I bought into the hype. Um, <laughs> and I remember even saying it last week that, you know, sports, it's a beautiful thing in that when you're doing good, you feel like you're riding this high. But then uh, a game like this that brings you back down to earth, um, it was a little bit demoralizing. And I've had time to uh, to think about it. You know, I watched the game yesterday, uh, a little bit of pain the entire time. But I reflected on it and um, I think we're going to be good, man. I still feel good. Um, we're going to be fine. I don't know, John, what, how are you feeling as far as uh, this last week? I know we've, we've had a lot of pain. How are you feeling right now, my boy? We talked, we talked about in the last episode how this moment was inevitable. It's just funny that it happened literally that week of mentioning it, where it's going to be a moment of like pain and, and suffering that comes up. Like, I mean, maybe this, could have, this run could have gone on, but yeah, clearly not. Um, you know, what did you kind of see in that game? Like what, what happened? Because I saw the scoreline. I didn't, I didn't watch it in detail. It was a game. I thought it was like 14, 14 at one point. I think maybe the, the bills went up 21, 14 when I last turned it off. And then, uh, and then it was pretty much pain uh, when I checked back in at 48, 20. So what happened? It was a good showing that I feel like me as a fan, the dolphins were also riding high and they probably thought maybe they couldn't lose again. I'm not in the locker room, but Again, this was a good this was a good game for them and I'm really happy it happened this week and not later in the season because I'm really confident they're going to learn from it. Uh Mike McDaniel, Vic Fangio, all of these guys, I know they're going to be watching the tape um and we're going to be better for it. And that's the positive spin that I have now convinced myself and told them and I'm already I've already convinced myself that week 18 when we play the Bills again at home, we're going to tear them up. But going back to your question, John, yes, what did we see in the game? Uh, I'm going to start out with the negative things that I saw, and I'm going to finish it with the positives because there were actually a lot of positives in this game that, you know, I thought about this morning as I was thinking about, um, you know, our agenda for the uh, the podcast. Um, and again, I thought about of a lot of positives. But yeah, let's get into what it is that went wrong in this game. First and foremost, the biggest and most blatant gap that we saw in this Dolphins team was the defense. Um, our cornerbacks were just getting absolutely cooked. Um, and no disrespect to Cater Kohu, I think he is an incredible cornerback. But Stephon Diggs, he just came in there with a mission. He had three touchdowns um, that game. And to my knowledge, Cater Kohu was covering him the entire time. He was never moved away from him. 
I mean, the game pretty much went downhill in one specific play. I think it was the second quarter. Um, and literally the sequence was, um, it was a little bit of an out route uh, by Diggs. And he pretty much cooked Kato Kohu. It was a big, I think, 20-yard gain. And then immediately the next game, he just ran a straight post down the field. Pass interference immediately was called. Uh, ball was was spotted uh, where the foul happened. And from there, I'm like, all right, they're already in the red zone. Stephon Diggs already cooked them twice. Um, and again, he just pretty much had his way uh, with our cornerbacks the entire game. On top of that, it was very clear that the Dolphins really, really need to fix the, uh, the run defense. I mean, uh, James Cook just had his way with the Dolphins defense as well. Just, I feel like that whole game was just a run up the middle. Uh, and I'm really upset because I had him in my fantasy team last year. Um, and he was not this good. I swear to God, it's like the laws of the universe. You have a team on your on your fantasy squad. Um, and then the second that you don't, again, they just become like the greatest running backs in the league. But yeah, the, the defense, the defense looked like it definitely needed some improvement. Um, and then to add insult to injury, uh, Teron Armstead, uh, unfortunately, that knee, that leg that's been giving him issues, he looks like he re-aggravated it again Ouch. as of today. He did get confirmed that he's going to be out for a few weeks, so that's definitely not going to help. But that was probably the biggest gap that I saw. And again, knowing Mike McDaniel, knowing Vic Fangio, these guys are big, big football guys. Um, they're going to fix it. So I'm confident that, you know, this was a good game. It was a big wake-up call to the Dolphins. And again, in the NFL, you can never underestimate any team and you can never overestimate yourself. I mean, any team that you're playing, regardless of their record, they're going to go in, and if they have op an opportunity to kick you in the mouth, they're going to do that. The Bills obviously did that. But yeah. on to the, um, the positives of the game. Uh, Tua looked incredible. Um, again, he's still the front runner for league MVP, and it showed. He was making his throws. Um, the offensive line, surprisingly enough, um, did really well. Again, uh, there was no Von Miller this game, so kind of hard to gauge, you know, had Von Miller been there, how much worse that would have been. But the O-line did really, really good. You know, uh, Matt Milano obviously was there. Um, Ed Oliver was still there. So the fact that the O-line did as well as it did, it was a big positive. Um, probably another thing that I saw, Devon A-Chain, um, again, a stud. I mean, we called it way, way uh, before the season started. Oh, my God. <laughs> stud. Yeah. He's a stud. Um, so obviously, we got him in this draft. Uh, Raheem Mostert still RB one. Um, and yeah, man, the the biggest bright spot is that I'm pretty confident that once Jalen Ramsey comes back, I feel like once we're in that healthy, complete state, we're gonna come back and uh, be firing on uh, on all Pistons. But again, this was a difficult game on the road at Buffalo. We're coming off this like huge high. Um, again, I bought into the hype. I had Dolphins covering the spread, Dolphins money line. And I'll be honest, I was betting with my emotions. I was not being logical. I just said... It's the funnest way to bet, though. It is. It is. It's the best way to lose all your money. <laughs> it is. It is. But, you know, I even thought to myself, like, I feel like I'm betting here with my heart and not my mind. <laughs> but I was like, F it. Uh, can't stop this Dolphins team. And again, I think this humbled all of us. Um, and like I said, I was upset yesterday, but I woke up this morning and I said, it's going to be a new week. We're going to come back uh, next week, or sorry, week five. This upcoming week, we have uh, the Giants, and I feel like that's going to be a good get right game. Um, but Everyone yeah, man, loves we'll be fine. The Giants. Yeah. 
yeah dude feel like you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game but like i said i think this match uh brought us back down to earth but um yeah man dolphins it is what it is but on to the next one baby um what are your thoughts how are you feeling john i mean i feel good like it's it is what it is like the bills people have them winning the super bowl so you know i'm sure Josh Allen was listening to everyone talk about Tua and and people were bad mouthing Josh Allen a lot in the beginning of the season as well, like how he's reckless and all that stuff. So it was kind of like the perfect storm of teams coming together. And uh, I mean, the Bills are good. Yeah, like I said, Super Bowl contender. People have a lot of hype with them. Um, and then, yeah, when Von Miller comes back, that's going to be crazy. I played against Stefan Diggs in fantasy this week. That sucked. Oh, uh, put up about 40 on me. Uh, carried my opponent's team. And then, of course, I had Tua and Raheem and Jalen and collectively they gave me about 21 points okay. so double l on dolphins yeah. and on my fantasy team two and on rip tribute season is my name gonna be two and two this season or this week but um what else did i have to say uh yeah does, is there any timeline on jalen ramsey coming back or not really um not anything official that i've heard but we have seen clips of him Hanging out in the timeline, being being able to walk, like he looks like he's walking fine. So I feel like they're probably going to be pretty cautious and not try to bring him in unless they really need to. So right now we're still in a good spot. I believe we are technically tied for first in the AFC East. Um, actually, no, I, the Bills technically would have first place since they did yeah. beat us. I would have to double check that. But again... We're still contenders. We're still fearsome in the AFC right now. Um, everything that I've heard, um, no one's lost confidence in the Dolphins. Um, I think most Dolphins fans kind of feel the same way we we're currently feeling, where yesterday kind of sucked. There was a huge punch in the gut, but I think everyone's like, all right, man, week three's done, took the L, let's move on. But yeah, um, definitely need Jalen Ramsey. But another bright spot is that Jalen Phillips, you know, another Jalen. <laughs> Um, he was out this game, so he was definitely missed um, this particular match. So it was definitely a good indicator that he makes a huge difference on the field. Like I said, I feel like when we're healthy, we're going to come back with all of our players. Like We'll definitely be able to stomp the Bills. But I feel like this is a narrative that sort of happened last year where the Dolphins were hot. You know, we were kind of beating opponents that we were underdogs at. Uh, or sorry, we, we we were underdogs against. Um, but then anytime we had, we really need to we really needed to come in clutch and beat like the big boy teams. Um, that's where the Dolphins struggled a little bit. And I'm really hoping this is a season where that isn't the case. Because again, beating Denver seventy points, beating the Patriots, beating the Chargers, that's all well and good. But again, if you want to make it anywhere this season, you got to beat the Bills. You got to beat the Dolphins. You got to beat the Chiefs. You got to be able to beat the 49ers. These are all going to be the teams that are contending. And Miami has been notorious for being a team that can get off to a hot start. I mean, this is actually not the first 3-0 season that I've seen. We had one, I think, back 2018, 2019. Ryan Tannehill was still here. I remember that season. But again, Dolphins got to get it right. And I have full faith in McDaniel, in our coordinators that they're going to get it right. They're going to learn a ton from this match. And I think in the season, we actually have the Eagles and the Chiefs coming up in the next, I believe, four to five weeks. Yep. So if we're able to beat at least one of them, 
in the regular season, I'm going to be feeling good. Um, if for whatever reason we're not able to, then, you know, I, I, I might be a little bit nervous because, again, we have to be able to beat those teams. But, again, I'm thinking way ahead of myself. Um, just got to take it one step at a time, and I have full faith that this, uh, this Dolphins team is going to pull through. Yeah, and these these next two games, next this upcoming week against the Giants, and then the week after that, October fifteenth against the Panthers. So two good bounce backs, but then yeah, the Eagles, Patriots, Chiefs in a three week window. Um, it'll be a good test, but yeah, everyone loves beating up in the Giants, especially after this loss. Like the team's gonna be focused, hungry, and the Giants just can't catch a break. <laughs> Dude, it's tough. So I feel good. Yeah, so I'm feeling good. Um. I'm still going to be betting probably the, the Dolphins money line, Dolphins uh, covering the spread every single day. Uh, I feel like, you know, I just love them too much. Yesterday, you know, I'm here like I hate the Dolphins. You guys do this to me every year, and just like a toxic relationship, just like a toxic relationship. The next day, I'm just like, oh baby, I know you didn't mean to hurt me. Like I still <laughs> love you, and I still love the Dolphins. And regardless of the good and the bad, but yeah, yeah. Sports betting is a great uh, psychology test where people always talk about with like investing. It's pretty much the same thing. I mean, gambling and investing might as well be the same thing Uh, where it's just like, you know, no matter how conscious of it, you may be like, Hey, you know, don't bet emotionally, like, you know, have your guidelines and your guide rails. It's just like, you always just want to bet your team. It's just, but it's worth the price to pay. Honestly, in my opinion, like those wins that are like, you kind of just like get, or it's like so worth it as opposed to, well, yeah. Anyway, what's next? What do we got next? What do we got next? And, and just before we move on to the uh, the next segment, I do want to make a shout out uh, for anyone listening that nonetheless, our bets are still eight and three for the season for all the bets. So we're still doing pretty good, guys. For the Dolphins, right? Yes. With, I'm with getting the- smoked on my side, I think. <laughs> I'm definitely not eight and three. Should be uh, should be following our picks, John. Got to go with the defense yeah. every, every week, baby. <laughs> Um, yeah, next segment. Uh, let's talk about another big rumor. I mean, we got we have to address, unfortunately, the elephant in the room. Um, and again, a big reason why I have been feeling a little bit down this weekend. It's the Miami Heat. Um, and I'm still trying to process this, but yeah, Dame to Milwaukee. I'm doing my best to try and uh and say some commentary, some commentary about this because. This was tough. This was this one. This one really, really, genuinely. This one hurt. Um, I felt like the. Uh, I felt like the Heat cheated on me. I. I. I could have sworn that all the indicators, everything I saw, every headline said Dame is coming to the Heat. Um, and again, Dame was very public about that. He wanted to come to the Heat, and he even went as far as saying that any other team that he went to that was not the Miami Heat, he would not play for. I'm here thinking this is the only logical test. Even last week on the podcast, we said it, John. We said it just makes logical sense. Like, why would you want to bring a guy that is publicly saying he only wants to go to one organization? Like, why would you want to trade for him? But um, I was listening to a couple other, I was reading a couple other things um, this morning that kind of talked about that. And again, they made a good point that NBA and the teams are a business and these general managers, these executives, like they are going to go out and find whatever trade works best for him or for them. And I'm going to be honest, Joe Cronin and the Portland Trailblazers, they actually did pretty decent with this trade. Um, So the guy did what was best for his team, obviously as a lifelong Heat fan, that's made me upset. I obviously wanted Damian Lillard, but it is what it is. Um, 
again, woke up this morning and try to find, well, what are the bright spots in this season? And again, um, our latest draft pick, um, which I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, I don't know if, if he likes to go by Jaime or Jamie. I'm going to say Jaime Jocks um, that we got uh, in this past draft. He's going to be a stud. Uh, obviously, we still got Nikola Jovic. Um, again, he killed it in the FIBA World Cup. He's going to be a stud too. Um, and again, we still have Jimmy. We still have Bam. Um, and Tyler Hero, I think he's going to be potentially an MVP frontrunner. I mean, the, the guy, he heard the noise. He heard all the noise everyone talking about like, hey, man, just pack your bags. Like, you're on your way to Portland. Like, Damien's coming here. You're going to be part of the trade package. He was very clear on Twitter um, that he knew about that. So I think he's going to be playing this season with a chip on his shoulder. And in fact, during today's media day, he talked about, you know, all the teams that that wanted me, you're going to see why you want me. And all the teams that didn't want me, I'm going to make you guys regret him. So I feel like it's a bit of a personal message to the Heat. But I think it's also a personal message to the rest of the league that he's like, I'm still here. I'm still boy wonder. I'm still the guy that was averaging, you know, 30 points during one a playoff run. Uh, and he's going to re remind us of that. And, you know, obviously, I love to see it. So as upset as I was, I still think the Heat are going to find a way to win. They're going to be contenders. That's just what they do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the Tyler uh, revenge season, especially if he stays healthy. I'm sure after having an injury like that, that took him out of such a like prime moment of his career, like a playoff run like that, you're, you know, you'd think that you, you come back very conscious of your health and staying fit and, and really kind of elevating yourself as a professional athlete. So I feel good on that side. Um, <clears throat> it's crazy. So you said the Portland Trailblazers probably did good in the trade. I, I was hearing like the opposite that it was like our side of the trade should have been a lot better. And like the, the Milwaukee one didn't make sense, but you think it was probably pretty good. I think they did. I think they did do pretty good. Um, I mean, they obviously had the, uh, the trade with Phoenix. They got the Andre Ayton. Um, they of course did send, uh, J. Rue holiday, uh, to the Celtics. Um, so I don't love the fact that our two biggest competitors in the East did get better, yeah. but from an unbiased point of view, just looking at the, um, the players that they got. So again, I said, Aiton. um, they got Robert Williams. Um, you know, he's obviously going to be a good player and they have a good young base. They got, um, Scotty Henderson. They're going to be competitive. And again, mad respect to Joe Cronin, the general manager for the Portland trailblazers. He stood his ground. Um, I mean, some people are saying that he didn't want to engage with the Heat. Some people are saying that the package that the Miami was offering is better than what they got. So some people are saying that it might have been a little bit petty and potentially, you know, humans, regardless of what you're doing, you're an NBA exec or you could be someone else. Like there's always emotion involved in some of these things. So could there have been a degree of pettiness? Probably. But nonetheless, the guy still did, did pretty good. I, I definitely would have said he would have been a lot petty if he just received like a really, really bad trade and made his team worse. But I think his, his team is a little bit competitive. And the East is, as always, going to be incredibly interesting. We will certainly yeah. see the Celtics in the playoffs. Um, obviously, we beat them last season. Uh, but them reloading, Jeru Holiday, Christoph Porzingis, um, Jalen Brown and of course Jason Tatum. That's not going to be an easy match, but I'm excited for him. I think the Heat Porzingis is is going to be crazy if he stays healthy. Um, yeah, the guy is made of glass bones, but <laughs> <laughs> if he stays healthy, yeah, it's 
it's going to be competitive. Um, obviously, Dude, going going back to like with the trade, like this is something I was thinking of. Like, do you think this happens in sports? Where, for example, if the trade that Portland gave Milwaukee was in fact like substantially worse than the Miami one, do you think owners talk behind closed doors like, "Hey, this trade sucks on paper, but I'm going to give you my mansion down in Malibu, and then do we got a deal?" You think that kind of stuff happens like outside the game? Ooh. They kind of make these deals. That is a spicy take. And <laughs> I feel like I'm inclined to say yes. But at the end of the day, like if you're the owner of an NBA franchise, like you're not struggling with money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously maybe. We were, or yeah, maybe. That is an interesting take. Like, yeah, some behind the scenes things going on to kind of facilitate some of those trades potentially. Like what if Donald Trump owned the New York Knicks and he was like going through a big indictment and needed some money for lawyer fees. He's like, Hey, who's trying to make a deal? <laughs> give me your lawyer on retainer for 300 hours and I'll give you this trade. Bro. Probably. Um, <laughs> I mean, in Adam Silver's NBA, anything is possible. <laughs> free market, free market. Capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, that could very. I mean, might explain some of the beef between Pat Riley and the uh, the Trailblazers. Like, who knows? Maybe back in the day, kind of something like that happened. It's like, yeah, man, you didn't invite me to your mansion that one day, and I'm going to remember that. Who knows? Uh, that definitely would be would be some good uh, journalistic sleuthing to uh, to try and find out. I've got I've got a good transition from that take to another take. I want to see Jimmy Butler, at least in the preseason, play with his new haircut. Oh, dude, we definitely. That's crazy. Oh man, that that hair today. That's I feel like that's all I saw on um on Twitter today was just Jimmy Butler's hair. Oh man, there. <laughs> he, I mean, he was he was upfront about it. He said like, "Oh, I'm going through my emo phase," and the guy the guy's a troll. Like he's a jokester. He did the same thing last year. Like he came out with like these dreads. Um, and here's my take on that. I'm all for it because the way I see it is he did the same thing last season and took us to the finals. So well, like complaining, like in the beginning of the season. Well, he 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 showed up in the media day. He had like um so at that time he had like really, really long uh, dreadlocks. And that's how he showed up to the uh, the media day, uh the NBA uh, media day. And mm -hmm. again, I remember that day. All of Twitter, all of Instagram, everywhere was talking about like Jimmy's new hair. Um, and it was, I think he played a couple of games with it. So if he's following the same pattern, Dude, I, think, I, I think you're going to get your wish, man. Like, you're going to play with it. <laughs> and the piercing studs. <laughs> Dude, he, I mean, shout out to him. He, he is an all time troll. Yeah. Um, I can't tell if he's a better basketball player or a better troll, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think he he will end up playing with the other uh, hair, and again, if history repeats itself, then he'll take us to another finals run. We'll see. But I'm yeah, ready for that. I'm uh, I'm excited for the NBA, man. I mean, I think just uh, always the the NBA media day when all the teams are coming back, like they're taking the pictures in like the jerseys, the uniform, like that's when I'm like, oh shit, basketball's back, and and this is when the year gets really fun, like October, November, because you got. NBA starting, you know, everything that developed in the offseason, you're seeing it uh, transition into the season. Um, obviously, you're still in the middle of football season. You're still in the middle of college football season. And it's just the best time 
um, ever. So today I got really excited seeing the Heat posting everyone in uniforms. Um, and again, there's a lot of narratives with the Heat, and, and I'm excited, man. How are you yeah, feeling? Eight John? days until the first preseason game, Hornets. Yes, sir. In yes, Miami. Sir. I might go to it. My wife just texted me. She's like, do you want to go to the Heat game? And I was like, what? Preseason Heat game. But still, oh, yeah. exciting stuff. And I agree. Like, yeah, this uh, this this turning, like when, when summer stops – and uh, these new sports seasons start up. It's just, it's just the best. It's just the best. I was down in Austin this weekend at the Texas Kansas game. Got to see that stadium. Really cool stadium. Really cool. So props to all the Texas Longhorns fans. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest basketball fan. I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. But of course, like the Heat, probably the best team to get into and follow. Just like the underdog story, the culture. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler's a G. Yeah, so I'm ready. I'm ready this season to really fully become a Heat fan. Yeah, dude, it's it's exciting, man. And um, I gotta ask, John, is this not this is not your first Heat game, right? Or is it? It is. It would be. Oh. It would be. It would be my first my first game at that arena. I'm calling it a game. It's I, I performed for Dua Lipa. That was Ooh. my first game at the arena. But I've yet to be a basketball game. Yeah. Oh, let's go. It's exciting, man. The uh, the Kaseya Center, as it is now technically called, although for the longest time it was known as the AAA, it's an electric atmosphere. I mean, the heat, the, the crowd, like we love the Miami Heat. Um, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, I'm exciting. I might I might have to join you on that game as well just because let's do it. I, I love Heat games, man. They're so much fun. Yeah, man. We'll figure it out. But Heat season's coming. Uh, the season officially starts October 25th. Season opener is against the Pistons. Big, big, big East opponent. Again, we will be giving all the takes um, as the season progresses, talking about all of the narratives that develop. But again, we have a good squad. Bam, Jimmy, Hero. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. All right. Moving on to another segment. What else we got on the agenda, John? I think it's time to talk a little bit of uh, Inner Miami, baby. How are we looking? Yeah, so starting out the basketball season, finishing out the soccer season. I'll break this down. There's a lot of people are kind of confused with what's going on. So we had our chance at our second trophy um, last week in the Open Cup. We lost to Houston. Messi did not play. Um, horrible game. Garbage. I mean, from the very beginning, Houston was just better. They were absolutely dominating us. Uh, final score was 2-1. We scored in like the 90th minute to make it look close, but it was a blowout. We, we played in Miami at our own stadium in front of all of our fans, um, and it was just really embarrassing. It was just trash. Um, so that ended. Then we went back to the regular season on Sunday. Uh, sorry, on Saturday this week, and we played New York City FC. A better game, I guess, but still very weak without Messi. The team just kind of is, is I mean, it's missing Messi. Well, you don't really need to say much more than that. But 1-1 uh, tie. So where are we right now? We've got about four games in the regular season. We are uh, four points out of the last playoff spot. So we're still in it. We're still in it. And the rest of the season, we're playing against not the best teams to close it out. We've got Chicago, trash. Cincinnati, probably the best team in the MLS, but we already beat them in uh, one of the tournaments. And then two games to close out against Charlotte, who are also fighting for it. Now, all those games probably are wins if Messi's playing. <clears throat> if he's not playing, I mean, I don't know. Um, so why is Messi not playing? There's a rumor that's out right now 
that he has a three centimeter hamstring tear that he aggravated in the World Cup match versus Ecuador weeks and weeks ago. And then he re-tore it open in Toronto, um, which is just a garbage, horrible team. So that stinks. But yeah, four games left, four points out. One win equals three points. So we're we're in it, but uh, we're not in it yet. So we'll see. Next game is Wednesday um, versus Chicago uh in chicago soldier field so i don't know it really it's it comes down to how Messi's going to do is he going to play is he going to rest the rest of the season and see how it goes i think if i had to predict something right now Messi's not playing any more games this season unless we make the playoffs so um i think that's kind of the stance and uh yeah we'll see i don't know oh man that is that is a bummer to uh to hear but I want to ask you something, John. So do you think then sort of this critical moment where obviously we had this uh, this blissful high when Messi first came in and it was all the hype. I felt like Inter-Miami just simply couldn't lose and just Messi just found ways to always keep Inter-Miami in the game. Now, do you think this is when we're going to start seeing like who are actually the true fans of Inter-Miami and who were more of just the bandwagon fans? Yeah, for sure. Of course. I mean, even everywhere I go and like I'm talking about like Inter Miami and Messi, like people just like talk smack to me. Uh, I'm, I'm not causing any problems. Just people love to point out the fact that like, oh, Messi's there. You're a bandwagon fan. First of all, obviously, duh. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? Like, if Messi yeah. comes to your city, you're gonna be a fan of the team. Like, people are so stupid. I was. I remember I was at the bar. I was, I was at Tropical. Shout out to that place in, yeah. in Winwood, Miami. Great bar. But. One of these bartenders there was just talking to me about it the whole time. He's like, he, I'm like, who is your team? He's like, I'm a Cincinnati fan. I'm like, bro, Cincinnati has been a team for like three years. Like, you're, you're a brand new fan yourself. Anyway, yes, uh, 100%. People literally are only following this team because of Messi. And appropriately so. Like, I think when it's all said and done, he will be the greatest football player of all time. You know, we had, as we were growing up as children, it was Pele. You know, we were all looking at it, but none of us watched Pele. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You just know of it. So I think um, just the way that the world has evolved as far as like viewership and, um, you know, so many clips online and so much content created around these people where Messi will be the greatest. And um, having been in Miami and having gotten to experience that is just the luckiest thing as a sports fan and more in particular, like a soccer or football fan. So, yes, and it's okay as far as being a bandwagon fan. (laughs) But um you know, Inter Miami's made some moves outside of that, right? Like they 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 obviously have a decent enough front office to to build a team around him. They've made some great young signings that have come in and, and done really well. Um, and so there is longevity there. The new stadium's coming, and so I don't think this is kind of like a Messi's here, and then the, the club's over. You know, David Beckham is still an owner. Uh, the new stadium's going to be beautiful. The the new signings are good, and and Messi will have brought in this culture that will stay around out of, out of respect. If nothing else, it will be out of respect of the players and the coaches to be like, Hey, we had a once in a lifetime chance for Messi to come and have an impact in our clubhouse. Let's really make sure that we hold on to these things as long as you can. Right. So let the bandwagon fans come enjoy your time. Uh, but for the people that are nervous about what you just said, like it's, it's, it's not over and it won't be over when it is because there's a lot to take from his presence being here. So. Yeah, man. Wow, that was uh, beautifully said. 
<laughs> Thank you. Respect to Messi. Absolutely. I mean, the guy, not just one of the, if not one of the greatest football players, some people, you know, are willing to say that he's the greatest football yep. player. Um, no, and I agree. And I think even outside of football, just an absolutely one of the greatest athletes ever to just achieve everything that, that he's achieved. I mean, there's only so many people on this planet that will ever be able to reach that level of greatness. And whether you're a fan of Messi, whether you're not, whether you're a fan of football, whether you're not, I mean, you have to respect that. Um, yeah. and I think, and I think to your point, John, you, you made a really good, um, a really good statement there. I mean, what he's creating, I feel like it is going to be a legacy that is carried out even after Messi eventually decides to retire or stop playing for Inter Miami, whatever he decides to do. Um, and again, once you create that foundation of like, you know, this is a club where winning is the, is the culture. This is a club that we're proud of what we've built. I think Messi is doing a lot for that. And it's something that is going to be paying dividends for many, many years to come. Because then once the good players see that they're going to want to come to enter Miami, we're going to have more fans. And it's all, you know, it's all a compounding effect. The Messi effect, oh, yeah. it, it compounds um, throughout the years. And I'm, yeah. I'm, wedding, I'm, I'm hoping that Messi can, you know, get another trophy. Like if, he, if, if Miami can win the MLS Cup with him, that would be amazing. And then um, I can imagine now, like outside the new stadium, just like a Messi statue. I mean, that'd be sick. That'd be, you, you got to. Yeah, yeah. like a messy statue in Miami. Tons of Argentinians here. I mean, it's, it's going to be, I see it. I see the future. Yeah. Dolphins Super Bowl, Inter-Miami MLS Cup, <laughs> Marlins World Series. Nah, that might be a little bit too far. But uh, <laughs> Dude, eff it. I mean, we can make the takes on this podcast. Again, we love Miami and we delusionally believe in all of the teams, <laughs> even when they hurt us the most. Again, very toxic relationships. We always come back and believe that they're going to take us to the promised land. So, hey, F it. Marlins World Series. Yes. Um, Inter Miami's winning it all. Dolphins are winning it all. Heat is winning it all. Um, again, I'd rather be delusional and, you know, say that I was the first person to say it when it does occur. Um, and then if they don't, then, oh, well, you know, I'm just another Miami. I'm just another delusional Miami fan. <laughs> <laughs> Hands up. But, but but yeah, I mean the Marlins making the yeah. playoffs, um, awesome stuff. Uh, so they'll play against the Phillies in the wild card play-in. Um, Phillies are good; they've got ninety wins as opposed to I think Marlins had like seventy, maybe close to eighty. But uh, Phillies were in the World Series two seasons ago. Marlins were not. But uh, the team's hot, and who knows? Every game is going to be in Philadelphia. I think the first game it's a three best of three series for the wild card mm -hmm. i think the first game is on wednesday oh tomorrow so back-to-back -back games tuesday wednesday in philadelphia eight o'clock games both of them and uh we'll see what we can do and if they do win that then it's the nlds and we'll have some games in miami tickets actually went on sale 40 bucks is the cheapest one but we might not get there so but if we do it's gonna be popping that's definitely going to be um, an exciting series. I mean, the Phillies coming off uh, second place um, in the World Series, um, they're definitely going to be they're going to be a tough team. And I know they've been pretty scorching hot these past couple of weeks. Um, I've gone to a few Marlins versus Phillies games myself, and it's always a tough matchup. Um, 
against them. So it's going to be an exciting series. Um, I'm going to try not to get too delusional, but again, anytime it comes to the home teams, I'm always so ready to just bet the house and the kitchen sink and say we're going to win it all. Um, obviously, that didn't go too well for me um, this past weekend. But again, very clear, we're a very pro-pro South Florida, Miami podcast here. And again, we just, I don't know about you, John, but I just become very delusional. When our teams are good, I just feel like, they're never going to stop being good. Yeah, take take it all in. I mean, why not? Like, enjoy it. That's what, this is what it's meant for. Like, yeah. So, uh, and also, Luis, Are- uh, Luis Areas uh, won the National League batting title, which is uh, pretty impressive. So, we're, we're looking good. The team looks good. And um, we'll see. Screw it. We're going to win. We're going to beat the Phillies. We're going to have a first uh, home game in the playoffs in a couple of years coming up. World Series, like I'm, ma- I'm making that take here right now, you know, and I'll take it to the grave. We're going to the World Series, and then when they do, everyone's going to say, "Oh, the Sports Spectator podcast—they were the first people to make that claim." So, facts. All right. Well, I think we got through all of our agenda today. Again, very, very tough week here in South Florida sports, but again, Miami, South Florida—we're gritty, we're resilient, and we're going to bounce back better than ever um episode three obviously we'll talk about uh, the giants dolphins games uh once it occurs that's obviously going to be a big topic for us but yeah big big week ahead uh mostly for the uh the dolphins i don't know uh anything to look forward for uh inner miami john that we can talk about well we got these two games this week um so we'll see but i have something more important to talk about which is we need feedback on this Cowboys Dolphins game on Christmas Eve. Yes. Tickets are going for three hundred dollars right now a pop. Um I already told my family I was going to the game. <laughs> so don't wait up for me until Christmas. I'll fly back to New York on Christmas. But these are pricey tickets. They were like two hundred uh, a couple weeks ago and I I got scared and I didn't do it and now I'm really kind of uh it's looking rough. But it, I feel like it's probably going to keep going up. I don't probably. know. Probably, and and yeah, and and your Cowboys are hot right now, John. So they're lit. Uh, maybe we can check back. They they have the 49ers coming up uh, Sunday night. Um, so that'll be a really interesting game. Um, I'm very excited to watch. And I'm gonna be honest. If the Cowboys pull that off, that's gonna be an even. Those tickets are for sure gonna go up. But yeah, that's true. I'm the I'm not I'm not betting on it. The 49ers are good. Yeah. Um, they're like a team team. The Cowboys are a team team, but like the Cowboys are just like they're so emotional and just deranged. Like they just like do crazy stuff. And the 49ers are I feel like are just so like regimented and stable Dude. and they're kind of like our kryptonite lately. Um yeah. So we'll see. I I guess for our sake, I hope we lose. I hope the Cowboys lose <laughs> and maybe we'll get better tickets. Yeah. So, so, so for us, it's, it's a win-win there because if they win, that's a huge win for your Cowboys. If they lose, then we're looking at uh, tickets potentially dropping. So you just got to go in with that mentality. You know, you're playing both sides. Or you're going to come out on top either way in this scenario. That's that's optimism. That's good optimism for a Monday evening. I needed yeah, to hear that. So thank you. That's probably I just find ways to sort of delude myself into <laughs> accepting when like a loss is actually a win. Hence what I did this past week. It's just like, well, no, this was a good one. This was, uh, I brought us back down to earth. There's a lot of lessons that can be learned and we will be 
uh, better for it. And you just got to be like that, dude. Otherwise, uh, sports true. sucks at that point. <laughs> you just got to gaslight yourself through life. Dude, it's facts. That's really all you can do at this point. It's facts. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, righty, my last point. that's my last point. Yeah, dude, we got through all our agenda. Good, good stuff. Great podcast. Always love speaking with you. Um, and yeah, baby. Well, tune in to episode three next week. Again, there's going to be plenty that happens this week. Be sure you're following us at The Sports Spectator on Instagram. And again, we'll keep you updated with everything that occurs. Any last, any uh, parting thoughts on your end, John? Yeah, just follow along. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, YouTube. Give us some love. Give us some likes. Uh, Instagram, TikTok. We're grinding it all. Um, if you want to talk about some things, I've gotten some feedback from a couple of our friends. Um, so thank you to you guys, um, namely in Joe and Dan. Uh, gave us some good feedback and uh, we appreciate it. So please interact with us. Give us some feedback. Maybe you want to come on the show, whoever you are out there, if you're hearing this. Yeah. Um, we're completely open and we want to make the show for our viewers to enjoy um, as much as we love talking to each other and staring at ourselves in the screen. Uh, you know, it's, it's for you, our, our spectators. So, you know, we want to build our community. We're here in Miami. So, you know, let's link up. Let's hear from you guys. And uh, we appreciate you guys all listening. So thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Peace.